Hey Siri, play the Radio Cure podcast. Welcome to the Radio Cure. I'm your host, Nathan Seal, and each week Jeremy Cohen and I talk about new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. This week we go from OK Computer to OK Tinder with the 1975's new album, A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. That's next on the Radio Cure. Hey, Jerry. What's up, buddy? Not much. Are you uh, excited that now you don't have to crown um, a emo band as the best album of the year? <laughs> I'm thrilled. Are we doing that like next week or something? Or <laughs> It's pretty close. This one came right under the wire. I think it was going to be Foxy, but now it's got to be the 1975, right? Oh, um, yes. I think we're, we're a very different co- podcast now. We're trying to appeal to... Uh, frat boys who just read their first book oh ouch oh well (laughs) (laughs) now see i uh i i definitely had those kind of feels for um the 1975 there was something that just seemed kind of like privilege about them you know uh another word would be douchey yeah, snotty brats or something like that. I I had the same feeling of like the Strokes or even like Vampire Weekend. All those kids just seem so like mm-hmm. from privilege and smart and stuff. I mean, like uh, the single that came out. I don't know, maybe a week after OK Computer. It feels like so long ago. Everyone's heard it by now. But uh, give yourself a try. I mean, that was just a great song to start with. I I got really excited about that, and I, I thought it was going to be kind of a normal. Um, 1975 album and you know I, I think it's a great place to start an inquiry um, into everyone's uh, online behaviors because I feel like it talks about everyone's first online relationship you know with yourself uh-huh. you know give yourself a try it's uh, it's uh, this generation's long view they're, they're a song <laughs> about masturbation uh-huh. <laughs> that callback that's good i i want to say um i really really fucking love the music on this song okay that's interesting okay this is the 1975 sound uh kind of up to this point it's it's really great it's very poppy it's it's uh it's light it's effervescent i mean his voice is perfect for this kind of music see i uh, I, I don't like his voice really in any context. <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry to derail this whole operation you have going here, but I, it, you know what it is? It's 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 the thing that makes me hate most emo music. It's the fucking whiny bitch boy voice. Mm-hmm. I, I can't I, do it. I mean, there are just some really great lyrics in here. I feel like that you are, you just can't get your head around because of uh, his voice. I mean, maybe, but the, and, 
again, maybe this is my own bias going into this against this band, a band I've never liked and actually actively dislike. Um, mm-hmm. It's the the lyrics seem like pseudo thoughtful to me throughout. Oh, like he's just kind of like strung some things together and been like, yeah, it's like these are good, smart. like. Uh, liberal progressive uh buzzwords and freak mm-hmm. yeah yeah i just I, I think it's like a real i mean that's kind of the we'll say something without really saying anything but that's kind of the 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 zeitgeist of the modern kind of millennial doing everything ironically right i mean yes that and, and i think there's some acknowledgement of that in the lyrics and mm-hmm. but it, listening to this album and and like a lot in this song especially with the lyrics is that it's like this is like the first time that I'm like yeah oh, yeah maybe older people are right about millennials they kind of suck and I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't think that's the intention maybe it is and if so then yeah sure this is brilliant but I I don't know I don't know this is hard for me. I think you don't want to like this because of him. And I, I can... Because he's a very unappealing can, man for my I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just seems a little whiny and and uh, privileged and, um, you know, that sort of thing. But I I really think that this is, is something to pay attention to. Yeah, I, and again, like... We've talked about it before. There's, uh, you should only like listen to critics to a certain extent. But if critics are like pretty much unanimous about something, there's probably something there. So I I do feel like maybe I'm missing something here. But it's not doing Mm -hmm. a lot for me so far. Like maybe I'm gonna go back at some point, but we we shall see. Yeah. Okay. So this song, this uh, album is uh, so danceable from. Uh, start to finish. And he, he does a lot of different things. Um, or the band does a lot of different things. They kind of take on uh, different genres. But I have this from NME, New Musical Express. Uh, and, of course, they just, like, fucking love the shit out of this. You know, they're just ready well, yeah, to they're British. somebody. <laughs> they yeah. have to. They, they got to hang on to someone. <laughs> the British just, like, really, really want the greatest rock band to... Yeah to be in Britain again. Like they just want yeah, that, which, even which though there's going to be no they've such had, thing as the great rock band. So anymore. many of the greatest rock bands of all time. Like I get it. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's, it's their thing. They, they it's, it, it's, you know, it's coming home as they always say with, the, <laughs> with the world cup too, yeah. you know, it's coming home. <laughs> I, I could get behind coming the world home. Cup. I don't This is, seems a little desperate. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Maddie Healy always said the first three 1975 albums would tell a story. His own, from teen dreamer living in an affluent hinterland of Manchester, uh, 2013 self-titled debut, to pop star in the first flushes of fame, 2016's I Like It When You Sleep For You Are So Beautiful, Get So Unaware Of It. <laughs> Pause for humor. <laughs> Pause for humor. From Jer. <laughs> Very good. You know me well. 
Well, right there, it all, I mean, that's a perfect millennial statement. It's completely self-involved. My first three albums are going to be my the story of my life. I know, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> you just this, hate it. The millennials suck. This whole album like an album about millennials uh, that's not Sucking. for millennials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I get that. Instead, the 1975 took to the studio to produce not one, but two albums. The first of which is a brief inquiry into online relationships with the second notes on a conditional form to come next year. Aren't you so excited we get to do this all again next year? Oh, I'm thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for the next step in the story. <laughs> And this, uh, you're hoping it's a suicide album, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, no, I don't uh, that hateful about it. Floating in the fourth. Uh, sorry, it's probably too soon. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and this third album doesn't tell, just tell the story of Maddie's maturation, as promised. It touches on modern politics, our relationship with technology, and the entire millennial experience too. In doing so, it alights on bubblegum pop, toot I me, toot I me, toot I me. Worst oh, song of hard. the year. <laughs> uh, glitchy Electronica, How to Draw slash Petrichor. Now, I kind of like their, that one. Yeah, that's their, I figured you would, that's their best uh, amnesiac impression with the Bonnie Iver uh, voice modulator yeah I, I, i'm not a huge fan of auto-tune from white people but <laughs> if they must if they must <laughs> uh balladry uh what you think of the the country be my mistake or the just the kind of the the lonesome i was all right with that yeah you yeah. like that yeah. Nice little change of pace neo jazz sincerity is scary and traditional jazz mine uh, and all points in between. <laughs> now, the one that I wanted to talk about from that little group there was Sincerity is Scary. I mean, if you don't fall immediately in love with this, there's something wrong with you. Well, then call me a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess like... It's got kind of an R&B vibe, which I think is kind of cool, which I, they're surprisingly not terrible at, I think. Yeah. Um, I like the horns in there. The horns are fun, but, yeah, no, it doesn't do much for me overall. Man. Man. I mean, the lyrics are so good, too. And irony is okay, I suppose. Culture is to blame. You try and mask your pain in the postmodern way. You lack substance when you say something like, oh, what a shame. There's just this deference to the, to the entire whole scene that is like just so typical of the millennial I know but it makes me hate millennials and nothing else has before <laughs> I'm a millennial yeah I, I'm, I'm an a, older I'm, one but I am a millennial I'm a, pre, I'm a pre-millennial you are what is, you're a, you're, what is, what is that you're, a, you're like a first wave millennial <laughs> I think they call them exennials you're a you're a millennial uncle <laughs> Maluncle. Uh, yeah, I mean, just it, it's it's everything that you want from like a generation defining band too, and in a song that is like both complex and yet so accessible. This could be either Adele or Kanye in equal measure. Why can't we be friends? 
Yeah, one of their tracks I don't like. <laughs> you just <laughs> not gonna play ball with me tonight. Well, are you? No, well I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, we don't disagree very often. I'm gonna be honest when we do. Yeah. So, do you have? What do you think of this track then? Sincerity is scary. Yeah. I think that the title of the track is uh, very apropos because they are they should be scared of being sincere because they're really bad at it. They should just they should just keep making their douche music to play in clubs. Like, don't try and say something <laughs> serious because you fucking suck at it. They should be the chain smokers. They should be the chain smokers. They should tour together and have a great career and make tons of money and make a lot of people that aren't me happy. <laughs> Woke, woke, woke 1975 sounded like the worst idea ever to me, and I think <laughs> I was 90% right. Oh, you're not hearing it unless it's from uh, a woman that is uh, a queer in some way. I thought, <laughs> preferably. <laughs> you know what's funny? I hear it from these white boys you from uh, Manchester. I did a little thought experiment with myself a little earlier today where I was like, now if a woman was singing these lyrics, uh, would you be more okay with it, like, the sound of the voice, the music and stuff? And honestly, I think I would be. <laughs> yeah. So you're exactly. not wrong. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh. Uh. You you don't love uh, the outro. I'm I'm just pissed off because you pied me off after your show when you let go of my hand in front of some sket who wants to bitch on you. I don't know what kind of combination of weird <laughs> British speak and <laughs> hackneyed or, mank or as shit that urban is. Speak that is, but I, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> What's sket? Is sket like come? Uh, in front of some scat, I was thinking oh. of it being like a skirt, like a some sort of like girl who's up for it, uh, who wants okay. to bitch on you, which means to have have sex with you in some way. For some reason, I thought it was uh, something about throwing scat, and I thought it was like <laughs> a um, what was the guy in the uh, prison cell next to Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs? Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, throws his cum at Jodie Foster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For some reason, that's where my mind went there. <laughs> my scat's gonna bitch on you. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something he might have said. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I just like that a little. I like that little phrase. I want to bitch on somebody. Have you ever bitched on somebody before? Probably, but I, I'm still not entirely sure what it means. <laughs> I feel but I'm like sure that I was, have. <laughs> I feel like that's like you get into something at a bar, mm. and uh, your friend just kind of like sulks away and you like start puffing up your chest and then you turn around and he's just not there and well, like later he's like you totally bitched on me i think <laughs> well i think that's bitching out i don't know like, bitching out like, yeah he, he bitched out on us that means you like left or didn't show up right yeah uh, so maybe bitched on me is is like a uh not a contraction but you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> bitch on <laughs> there's the contraction <laughs> well it's a fantastic song the horns are hot and heavy hot and heavy Jer they are hot and heavy I dubbed this one Brit Hop instead of hip hop Brit Hop ooh I like that I'm very proud of myself for that <laughs>
that's that's really our wheelhouse is uh inventing new genres that are like generally like portmanteau adjacent <laughs> yeah and are even dumber than the ones that the critics come up yeah, with yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> So on the one hand, it is a personal album about Maddie's experience. This is back to NME. But it's also an album about love in all its forms, Mm. even for delicious opiates. I think Mm. there's some songs coming that you're going to like. Okay. There are drugs on this album. There are drugs, Jer. I am a fan of drugs. (laughs) Yeah. That's where we're going to get you. We're going to get you with the drugs. (laughs) Love being the thread that links its genre-hopping tracks. And there's a macro scale to the album, too. One that holds a mirror up to society as well as to Maddie's pretty fizzog. Another British word, probably. Fizzog? Yeah, F-I-Z-O-G. What do you think that is? Is that, is that fisa- v- visage? Vis- uh, fis- <laughs> fis- visage? Wait. What, what? I'm thinking of a different word altogether. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, take that uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, the towering love, if we made it, stands and points aghast at real-world horrors that have somehow been normalized. Most jarringly, a beach of drowning three-year-olds and the words of the President of the United States of America repeated verbatim, I moved on her like a bitch, casting no particular opinion and asking the listener to draw conclusions instead. Hmm. 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 What what conclusions have you drawn there? <laughs> uh, my conclusion is that this song was written by an algorithm. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that because of the <laughs> the bridge there. <laughs> it's like a, they had a whiteboard and they're like, "What are some words? Consultation, degradation, fossil fueling." Masturbation. Immigration. Immigration. Liberal pitch. Let's rhyme that with kneeling on a pitch. <laughs> and these fucking Brits should know we Love don't go- call a football field a pitch here. I know it rhymes with pitch. <laughs> Love good. Oh, because they were making this for us. Well, they said kneeling on a pitch. There aren't any fucking soccer players kneeling, are there? Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, you're right. Is that talking about NFL? <laughs> I, I it totally so. is. Oh, of man. It is. Well, I just I thought immediately thought pitch. I thought, oh well, I th- I thought like the knee slide <laughs> uh, that soccer players do. It <laughs> <laughs> is a form of kneeling. It's much more yeah. badass though. Yeah, they're not so fucking nationalistic that they play their national anthem before every fucking sporting <laughs> event like a crazy. Yeah, people. that's fucking weird. I know. I thought I re- immediately. I thought that after this whole thing, I was like, you know what? Soccer doesn't do that at all. That's the weirdest thing. Unless they're playing in a national team, right? And team, that, that, that makes, sense. makes sense. And then you play both national anthems. It's insane We're, that we do that here. It is absolutely insane. We're fucking in a car. Have you ever fucked in a car chair? Um. Yes, once. Only once. Only. I don't even know why I'm asking this, because you had sex in my car, didn't you? Um, <laughs> which car? The Jeep? <laughs> which car? What do you mean, which? You said once, and now you're saying which car? <laughs> which car do you know about? <laughs> <laughs> you broke my little uh, shade, sunshade. Oh, right. Thing. So maybe twice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Uh, see, I wanted to ask you about the logistics of having sex in a car. I've, I've, I've done it uh, one or two times. Are you a passenger side, driver side, or back seat? Well, I think that uh, the ideal scenario is a back seat, right? A back seat. That that that's just. I'm worried that if I say, "Hey, should we get in the back? Should we get in the back seat?" That from opening yeah, the no. front door, it, it, she'll change her mind by the time she gets back there. That's my. That's really that's my like. Worry. I feel okay. So I feel like the most likely scenario is mm-hmm. driver's seat, but also that's driver's seat. But you got the wheel there. It's, yeah, it's the worst place to go, but mm-hmm. it's gonna she comes on to you, right? I think more likely than not, that is where it happens. Yeah. Not ideal, but I think that is uh-huh. probably the most common place. I'm talking yeah. in an ideal world, you move to the back. Yeah, yeah. An ideal world. It's like it's like a 1967 Chevy or something. Mm-hmm. Like a giant right. you a, know, a seat back there. A 1975 Chevy? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> No, I feel like that the passenger side is best, and then she's in the chair and you're on top. You think that's better than back seat? Logistically speaking, okay. yeah. Yeah, because that's like kind of because you're but, a little crunched back there. Yeah, I see. That's but if you fair. move the seat all the way back and you put it back, you can really almost get more room. This is my thinking. I right. thought a lot about this before we, because I, I knew I was going to bring this up. Oh, okay. So I think I kind of answered my own question, I guess. Well, that's good. I'm glad I helped you through that. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Can I uh, uh, love if we made it? That, uh, the, the, that series of words that we previously referenced, uh, consultation, degradation, fossil fueling, masturbation, uh-huh. immigration, liberal kitsch, kneeling on a pitch. Wouldn't that go perfectly? You could throw that right into uh, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. (laughs) Consultation, degradation, fossil fueling, masturbation, immigration, immigration, liberal liberal kitchen, kneeling on a pitch. We didn't start the fire. (laughs) Oh, that's so true. (laughs) Wow, man, they are really smart for thinking of that and putting it in there. Oh, yes. That's like some sort of like meta move. That's oh the, man! No, that's the algorithm picking up on <laughs> buzzwords and rock songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> British, yeah, it all is coming together now. But I mean, I can see how you wouldn't like this one because I mean, there's a little electronics and then just absolute desperation in his voice. That kind of that whiny voice, which I just absolutely love. Modernity has failed us. We're living in the end times. Truth is only heresy. We just we're just left to decay. There's dead children playing. Jesus save us. No, I get what you're saying with the whole like algorithm thing, but seriously, I think I maybe it's just because I like listen to Instagram and Facebook when they tell me to buy something based on the algorithm <laughs> that I look at. Hey, hey, no, no, don't get so I'm like wrong. all in on the algorithm, I, I guess. I trust <laughs> algorithms entirely. I just think it's a little bit far behind in songwriting. We'll get there. Um, But I'd love it if we made it. I I mean, I just like that idea of just like, eh, you know, whatever. It's a dance song at the end of the world, but I'd love it if we made it. There's just that indifference.
right, this I, I feel like the spirit of this song is good and mm-hmm. is very in line with like this millennial mindset. It, it, it's the execution just seems like so clunky. Mm. You gotta love that break though. That break is so good. You said you like the music. I do. Well, yeah, like throughout the album, I like music yeah. a lot. I think. Well, because this song's kind of driving, and then there's that like that real dancey break. Yeah, like I'm super into these dudes like producing people who are better at writing songs. I'm all into I, that. Speaking of that, I heard a little Japanese house kind of things in here. I, I mean, I heard that kind of like collaboration there. I could hear where, because he helped her. I mean, that yeah. that's like you're saying, like he he produced. Um, I don't I don't think it was Maddie. Was it was it the other guy, the other main they, guy? Uh, yeah, I can't. Oh, fuck, I can't remember his name. Daniel. Da- uh, maybe that's his last name. Oh, I forget. Yeah, something like that. But. Um, yeah, I think he was the one that uh, helped the Japanese house. But I, I heard a lot of little electronic things. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds real familiar. I feel like this is the same sort of scenario that like Jack Antonoff is in. It's like, you're really fucking good at making music, but I do mm. not want to hear your fucking stupid-ass voice. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I mean, I could see... Um, Fuck, I just lost their stupid name. What's their stupid name of that band? Jack Antonoff's band? Bleach, yeah, the first bleachers? one. Oh, no, fun. the first one. Fun, yeah. I could see fun coming out with a serious album. I guess they, they've missed their time. Well, I feel but. like that album was like secretly kind of self-serious. The, the last one they did? Uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we just didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the main reason that people are I, I, seemingly um, relating it to OK Computer is because uh, the man who married a robot uh, as the albums... I'm sorry, this is from New Musical Express again. It's easy to see the man who married a robot as the album's fitter happier. And it's not only... It's not the only moment in which a brief inquiry begs comparison to Radiohead's 1997 masterpiece, OK Computer. That record, also the band's third, hmm, huh, hmm, something about the third album, hmm, hmm, took a gloomy view of modern life with the internet when the internet was a luxury few had access to. Two decades later, the 1975's album, written from the perspective of four digital natives, buzzword doesn't That's a good so much term. I did enjoy that when I read the review doesn't so much condemn the march of technology information and social media so much as accept it and debate it it's a nuanced record for a time when life's shades of gray with an e are darker and closer <laughs> in contrast than they may have previously been and it's no less powerful as a result oh that's a dramatic reading Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, I just, I feel like that's how he was writing it. He was like, oh my God, these words are so self-important. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm, I'm the guy that is writing about the next great band. Yeah. And so maybe as a footnote, I'll be remembered too. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. I don't, I mean... This is 
what I'm talking about, though. Like, if this is the okay computer for millennials, then I'm I'm out. I'm finally out. <laughs> this isn't cutting it. I'm defecting from my generation. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of shit talk on us millennials, but this might finally do it for me. Well, maybe the true millennial position is to reject the defining album of your generation. Yeah, probably. <laughs> huh? Are you huh? saying that I'm the best millennial? Yeah, you're being true to the millennial, uh, what I'm calling here kind of a sarcastic indifference mm-hmm. to being like, mm, yeah, it's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, ra- it's no Radiohead. That's ridiculous. <laughs> So the back half, come on, it's so much fun. There's a lot of 80s jazz, 80s, in, um, comma, jazz. <laughs> <laughs> 80s jazz is not ringing a bell. Oh, yeah. It's Kenny G. <laughs> that was the good shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not living if it's not with you. I mean... This is an 80s love song to heroin. How do you not love this? I do actually like this song a lot. It's so good. It starts with a typical uh, story about an addicted, uh, an addict called Danny. That is so 80s. I can just see the uh, MTV <laughs> video now. Yeah. I think... Kind of like running through the streets, popped collar. I like it because, like, this song, along with the rest of them, it's like very serious lyrics usually laughably so but th- this one like mm. worked for me because it's not like i don't feel like it was trying to make like any sort of grand statement it's just like an 80s folk song like a story about a drug addict mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down for this And super catchy. Just just a great pop track. I do really like this song. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's a it's a drug song hidden in a weekend at Bernie's supercut. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's so great. Can you imagine like uh train spotting uh, or requiem for a dream uh with this as its soundtrack instead? <laughs> well, that definitely would have made requiem better. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting all we're getting all the hate out there. While I'm, while I'm shitting on things people love, that is a terrible <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> but I, 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 I uh, you joke, hate joke that. Joking aside, I understand the sentiment. I think you are correct. <laughs> you, it would probably would have fit uh, fit better in uh, Requiem, but you hate Aronofsky. Oh, he's he's the worst. <laughs> Just the worst. The the last one because I guess I'll move through these. I mean, we've already been talking about it. Well, too late. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You'll move through (laughs) the last. I'll move through these quickly. The last one. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we do like move through the last one pretty quickly. We're already we're like over it at that point. Yeah, I feel like that's probably also with the listeners. They're over by this point too. (laughs) We're really we're doing the last one for ourselves mainly. Yeah. And Julie. Yeah, and Julie. <laughs> Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Uh, I couldn't be in more in love with you. Um, this is a grab your girl, uh, but leave room for the Holy Spirit because uh, we're in a junior high school dance. 
Yeah, I I am super in on this one as well. This is like a just super 80s, like cheesy ballad. Like maybe like Phil Collins-esque. Like totally could be played at the prom in the 1980s. I'm so in on this. I love this song. I feel like the back half is a little more tongue-in-cheek, a little less serious, and you're liking it better. Yeah. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, well, sincerity is scary for them. They need to... <laughs> it is for you, too. <laughs> oh, it's oh, you're saying that it's scary when they're sincere? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's clever, Jer. I know. I said it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like totally like there's uh, boys and men up in here. The only <laughs> thing that's missing is like a dramatic key change, you know? Mm-hmm. You still got like the like adult contemporary guitar solo in there, though. Oh, yeah. Oh. Right at the end. That kind oh. of smoky lounge guitar. Yeah. I Real do love good. that. I love it. This is this is uh, a story about millennials for the late thirties, early forties music lover. Mm. Yeah. That kind of like crossover. Mm-hmm. It's almost like too easy of a, of a, a label, but, Oh, this is, the, this is what the millennials are. You know, this is like yeah. definitional. And the millennials are probably like, what, who's who, what the 1975, I mean like the Rainer boys are just all over it, but yeah. they're our age, you know, they're just, yeah. They're like, oh, this is like the first millennial, like big millennial rock album, you know? And it, it's just like they're so... Now, see, you got me not liking it now. Good. You got me thinking as both. Well, <laughs> 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 this they, is a great they, you, you, You're my very dear friend, and I don't want you to be in love with bad things. <laughs> <laughs> just looking out for you. <laughs> I want you to keep your hipster cred. I don't want you to listen to the 1975. I know, we're beyond that. <laughs> What's next? Imagine Dragons? <laughs> Come on, man. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited when they release their next album. This is essentially a Steve Winwood tribute. Everyone's going to fucking <laughs> love it. <laughs> I am so on board for a Steve Winwood tribute. I, I am too. Maybe not from a <laughs> Maybe from someone. Maybe from the 1975. They might be able to do it. Oh, yeah. Do a great Steve Winwood tribute. <laughs> Maybe Phil Collins for them though. Yeah, lot of Phil in there. Yeah, I like it. Well, I think that does it for us this time. Check out a brief inquiry into online relationships and tell us what you think by leaving us a review in iTunes. Follow the link in the show notes to all the reviews and music used in this episode to our website, theradiocurepod.com. Till next time, I've been Nathan Seal. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for listening to the Radio Cure. Bye. You said nothing about my toot I me, toot I me pronunciation of two time, two time, two time. <laughs>
That's because I was looking at it, and I was like, I don't know how to say this. And I was like, I hope he doesn't bring it up, because it's the worst song ever. <laughs> I got distracted when you said it. I was like, oh, that's the one. The other one I was thinking of doing is 2D, Me Too, Time to Time. I thought I thought there was a Me Too in there when I read it, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> Subliminal Me Too. <laughs> Woke 1975 strikes again. 